Welcome to Supernova Stories, a podcast miniseries where we, two Scott aficionados, bring you behind-the-scenes stories from the journey to the 2021 Supernova International Scott Festival from the artists and organizers themselves. I'm J.J. Loy. And I'm Matt Wixon. Our guest has played trumpet with Laurel Aitken, Derek Morgan, The Toasters, and The Specials. He has also had quite the journey from addiction to recovery and found his way back to Ska after a particularly momentous supernova. Please welcome Adam Flymo Birch of Flymo and the Versions. Unfortunately, due to an audio issue, you have to join us in the middle of a story about the godfather of Ska himself, Laurel Aitken. For our ears only. But, you know, I think... Laurel, I could say, was demanding, but as it wasn't in a bad way. It was, it was good. It kept us on our feet, and it, it made us all into great, you know, great musicians in the end. I mean, I can't, I can't knock him for that. I mean, everyone that that was in that band has done, gone on to make their own career and, and do really well. So you say you've been, you've been playing since you were a teenager. Uh, has it always been? Has it always been ska and reggae? Yeah. Well, I first started off playing cabaret with my dad when I was like yeah. years old. So playing uh, all the kind of like old 50s schmaltzy, you know, shit that the old people love. But my dad bought me a trumpet when I was like five. <laughs> and I just kind of like, <laughs> he's like, do it again. <laughs> That's how it all started. And then put me and into the brass like, bands. <laughs> yeah, put me into the brass bands back in England. And that's 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 how it all started. That's how it started for a lot of the brass guys back in the UK. The so wait, you played there. live. You played live. The little you were the little kid with the trumpet that everyone yeah. knew to nod over. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's adorable. In a little white <laughs> suit back in the seventies. Oh, love it. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> Holy shit balls! Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how it started. And then I guess I was what fourteen when my friend said, "Oh, there's a band in Philly. We've got to go to this Philly and audition." And it was like a jazz kind of like pop kind of art nouveau kind of thing and uh we got into the band you know everyone's smoking fucking pot and marijuana and i'm like what the hell is that why are you breaking the cigarette why are you building it back up what the fuck's going on here let me have some of that one no leave my normal no left me alone one one man one move yourself you know what i mean that's what it was and i didn't know i mean i was just like some young kid so all the little you know all the old rasters used to go well man go on go on yourself move i said what is, what's that smoke what's that green come here let's, let's have some of that and uh that's how the that's how the name in the that's how the name Flymo came to be anyway because in in England Flymo is the name of a of a hot a, a hover mower it literally hovers over the ground okay. and uh, it cuts the grass that's why they used to call me Flymo because I was always hovering for the grass <laughs> so uh, yeah and, that, and then that name stuck for many years and uh, it's funny I don't know why we always have nicknames it's like that name and then it was like in the specials they used to call me Beaver Prince Beaver because I had a well. That was a long story. That was another drunken story. But uh, yeah, fucking woke up with a beaver on my ass in Colorado. That that was uh, a shock. Uh, like a, <laughs> that might be worth telling. Like a living beaver? Or... Well, yeah, it was a cartoon beaver. It was basically the Roots beaver. You know, <laughs> back in the, I think it was like in the 90s, Roots had a cartoon beaver. Okay. And uh, I used to wear this T-shirt. They gave me this T-shirt and I used to wear it all the time. And this tattoo artist, I'm the best tattoo artist in America. I'm, I've just been doing a show 
and I'm uh, I love to tattoo you. I said, you think you're that fucking good? I said, put that tattoo or that draw that beaver on my ass, and I'll be impressed. So we all went and had tattoos, but I was so fucking drunk I didn't know. And then I wake up kind of like the next morning. Oh god, feeling like a fucking my ass was felt like it was a balloon. You know what I mean? I was like, what the fuck? What the hell's happened? And I look on the bed and I can see the imprint of the beaver. That the ink has gone through into the cheats at the hotel. And I'm like, and I look at the, you know, it's kind of like that, kind of like the scene where the uh, the guy wakes up in the hangover, you know, and he fucking looks sure. in the mirror, looks in the mirror. I'm like, oh, holy shit. What the? And that was a little it. bit and better, that, a little bit worse too, you know? Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> eight colors, eight colors of ink on my ass at like <sighs> two o'clock in the morning. But now, of course, 25 years later, it now is now more like a fucking duckbill platypus than a fucking beaver. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's still there. Did you write a song for them as well? Yeah, we I wrote some songs for the specials. Uh, so I, I guess it was the album, which was uh, uh, guilty, guilty to a proven innocent album. Yeah, you know there was a song I wrote called Fantasize. And then I was singing on some of the stuff as well. Like, you know, All Gone Wrong, I sang that song with the specials. I sang with uh, Rancid, with um, with Fearful. Oh, yeah. The bridge, we sang that. With, well, that was pretty cool. With uh, with Tim and Lars. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. That, that was pretty cool. good fun. You know what? There's certain songs on that album for me that are really good. Uh, and oh, yeah. What Absolutely. I like about that album is that was the specials as I grew up with. So, and even when the members weren't there, like Jerry didn't want it, but Jerry was no way going to do it. Terry was too sick to even talk to the band at that time. You know what I mean? So the band just did what they did. and and But it was good because that was the first time that I really saw the specials coming back together as a band. And then, you know, then it kind of like, then the band got back together again uh, in 2009. But by then I realized I couldn't do it. I, yeah. I didn't want to. Do it. I, I was... Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I I did play some shows with them with the reunion. I did go back. I did the Albert Hall with them in 2010, and I did some tours with the specials. But around that time, mm-hmm. but you see, that's when I was getting. I was I was probably at my lowest uh, at my uh, addiction. I guess that's what it was. That around that time, and I was trying to get sober, but I didn't know what sober was, and I didn't really know that I was you know, sick with a, you know, sure. with an addiction. So I just kept doing it. <laughs> so, so is, is touring part of that? Is it like a triggering? No, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Aspect. I don't think it's a touring what it is. Yeah. I think it's actually the musicians. <laughs> the yeah. musicians are the ones that will actually, you know, <laughs> it's the what company. I've learned since I've become sober and, and, and actually, you know, realize that, it's it's not actually the the drugs that, that is the problem. It's really the people that take them. Yeah. You know, so you know, at the end of the day, I can always blame it on the drugs. I can always blame it on the booze. But you now that's just a, a a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of vodka. You don't have to drink it. And if you drink it, you don't have to drink the whole fucking bottle. But that's what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's never one. I never did one. I didn't know what yeah. one was even from when I started drinking when I was like you know, thirteen, fourteen. So. That's the problem. I didn't know. I didn't know moderation. You know, it says drinking moderation. What a load of fucking bollocks. I don't understand it. I don't know. What but I means. still don't get the concept. <laughs> I'm like, what? I, I <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what happened. I got into. Well, then I, so I left the specials because I was in such disgust with everything at the end. And, and again, I was in more disgust with myself more than the band. But, you know, we just really did 
needed to get away from each other. And uh, and then, of course, I came over to America, and that's when I met Bob. And that's when I got, got into the toasters. Uh, when and was I this like? Him for years. I mean, that was like probably six, seven years with it, where we were constantly on the road. And then, and then every time they came through Philly, I always jumped up on stage and played with them. You know, and I'd probably do a week with them, go away for a week or two and stuff like that. Like we went to Mexico right. and I went to Mexico with them and stuff like that and got sick. Got fuck so, so fucking sick. Oh my God. I'll never do that again. Montezuma's revenge. Yeah. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Ooh, baby. So whenabouts were you in the toasters? What, what era? Uh, that was probably like early 2000. That was okay. like, yeah, 99 I came over. So it was probably 99 and 2000 and then we, up to about 2006, 2007, I believe, is when I kind of like said, all right, I'm, 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 but by then I was done. I was kind of like, I'm, I'm definitely wrapping up now. I'm not going to tour anymore. So I got, you know, <laughs> I got myself a job and went to work at Samash Music as a, as a band and orchestra director. Uh, you know, I was still playing. I was still doing stuff. Sure. And when time the toasters came through, I yeah. jump on stage and play, but I wasn't really gigging. I wasn't doing anything like that. I was, you know, playing locally and stuff like that. And uh, I wasn't really doing Scar. I mean, I, you know, that part that music's part of my life, so I always listened to it and I was, you know, and and it was just one of those things. Everyone kept saying to me, "You should have a band. You should have your own band. Why don't you do your own band?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, jeez, no, 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 can't be dealing with it. No, 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 you know." And um, I'll be honest, that's what it was. I was fighting myself. I had my inner demons I had to fight. My inner demons were the ones that said, you don't need to do this. You don't want to do this. Get the fuck out of the way from music and get the fuck out of the way from your scar past. You don't need it. That's what's, that's what's making you ill, which it wasn't. I was making myself ill. Sure. So in 2015 is when I finally got sober. In 2015 is when things started to change because that's when I started to get honest. Once I started getting honest with myself, then I started to understand that it was my perception that was twisted and it was me. I, I was the problem, not the band, not the specials, not the managers, not the record company, not the lawyers. It was me. Right. When and it's when it's everybody on your list, then then maybe you got to yeah. think about it. If, is it me? Maybe there's exactly. a common, yeah. common factor here. Exactly. So that's that's what it was. So a lot of the stuff I had to let go and just go, you know what? Stop being resentful about stupid shit that's not going to do any good and let it go. And that's what happened. So that was a part of getting sober that we we all have to do when you come in to get sober. You know, the first thing they say is let go, let God and uh, and help another. That's basic, basic three rules of sobriety for uh, anybody. Um, and, um, you know, and then um, I, it's funny because Tim from the Toasters, Tim from the Toasters said, oh, we're playing up in, uh, you know, Virginia. You should come down. Uh, and, they said, and I said, well, I, I don't have a ticket. And he went, oh, let me call Tim and we'll just, We'll, we'll see if we can get you in. And then Tim, he said, yeah, Tim wants to talk to you. So that's what it was. So Timmy introduced me to Tim. And then Tim said, listen, not just that. You're not just coming down. I want you to meet everybody. Come come back. We're going to, you know, there's going to be some old friends that you're going to see. And I, and I really didn't know. I knew Derek Morgan was going to be there, but I had no clue what would happen. I mean, I haven't seen Derek in like, what, 26 years. Sure. And haven't played with Derek, Derek for 26 years. This is 2017. So I go to the festival and the car pulls up and I hear Derek. <laughs> and I, I just shout out, Derek, what? Which is, and as soon as I said that, he knew it was me. He went, Adam, is that Adam? And that was it. 
and uh, yeah, we grabbed each other and, and uh, had a big hug. And uh, I said, nice to see you, man. He went, you're coming on stage, aren't you? And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, man, coming on stage. And I'm like, uh, I, 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 yeah, okay. And I literally, I hadn't played that set in 26 years. And, <laughs> you know, it went really well. We played all the songs. The crowd went nuts. Um, you know, but the thing is, and that's what happened, you see. I played those songs so many times that they were entrenched. Like the special song. They're entrenched in my mind. I can't yeah, get absolutely. them out of my head. You know what I mean? I wake up at two o'clock in the morning going, Jesus, what the fuck? What's going on? You know what I mean? It is it is what it is. I mean, at times I hated those songs and, you know, despised them. I go and do that gig with Derek and, you know, play with the Toasters that year. And I think I played with every band that was on stage in fact that year. (laughs) Jesus Christ, it was ridiculous. Um, And then... And then that kind of gave me inspiration to get the versions together. And the reason why I called it the versions is because that's what we were doing. We were doing songs and I wanted to just do songs that people knew and but do it as a version. That's where the Jamaican, where they go, version, yeah, man, we want some version. And that's, <laughs> that's what that is. And, um, you know, and I really like that. I thought, yeah, this would be cool because I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not just going to write any songs, but just do tracks like that. And that's how it kicked off. That's how it started. Then, then after that is what the, the kind of weird thing that happened because don't forget back in the day on the first couple of albums that we did from like what 94 Stoker was our producer and that's the guy that was the drummer from Texas Midnight Runners and then of okay. course he came over and he became General Public's drummer and then he became a producer and he literally produced everybody I mean uh, just keep going on he's worked with he's worked and worked with so many people Sting and I mean just I can go on. Padabanton, he had number ones with Padabanton. He'd just done so much stuff. And he was a kid, you know, he's a lad from you know Walsall, and uh, which is about 25 miles from where I live. So we grew grew up in the same area. And you know, we were kind of like pally back then, but not too pally, but we knew you know, we hanged out. Uh-huh. And then he calls me out the blue. And I said, What are you calling me for? Did Mark give you my number? And he went, No, I just called you, just thought I'd call you. And I'm like, wow. And he said, what you, I said, what are you doing? And he, you know, I said, I'm just starting to record some songs. And I've recorded his song. I said, but I don't have a producer. I said, would you produce some stuff for me? And he was like, I'd love to. And that's how that started. So then 2018 is when we started working and, you know, do some ideas. And then, of course, because I played and did the gig with Derek, I called him up and I said, hey, man, you want to record? And he says, yeah, man, what song? And I said, I'd love to redo Fat Man. And he was like, all right, let's do it. And so I, I recorded the song in Philly with my guys, with the versions. And then I sent the track to Jamaica and he sang the vocals in there in Jamaica and then sent it back and we mixed it all here. And that was the, you know, and, and again, the original version was me singing it all along. And then I'm, as I'm recording it, I'm like, well, why the fuck would I do this when I've got Derek? <laughs> I can get him to sing it. Why the fuck do I need to sing it? So that's where it comes in at the beginning where I go, whoa, 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 stop. It was something about about Supernova then that kind of changed your perspective on on how you saw the music. Well, you know what it was? It was everybody at Supernova that made me realize that day. Holy fucking shit. This is special. And although it was just that crowd at Supernova, it made me realize that. Holy fucking shit. This is this is really special. And if I if I walk away from this. I, these are the people that made me in the first place. These are the people that gave me the gigs. These are the people that keep coming back. You know what I mean? 
And that field was full of like, you know, 12 year olds, uh, eight year olds up to like, you know, 60 year olds. Yeah. I mean, the, what other music can do that? It's just pretty fucking powerful. But so you're going to be doing like versions of classic tunes at Supernova? Actually, no. I mean, because I say that this 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 set that we're doing are, are, are basically going to be most of the songs are off the new album that's going to come okay. out. So they're all going to be new songs. Uh, the last time I played there, we did like versions of stuff, but um, this time I decided now we're going to do a brand new set. But Supernova was the first time when we we're really going to see if the crowd goes yay or <laughs> fuck off, you twat. <laughs> and that's okay. It's like yeah. you know, I you you hey, you wait till you see the fucking tracksuits, you'll be like. <gasps> Oh my God, he didn't. Yes, he fucking did. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to blow your fucking mind, kid. This will. I want everyone to like, you know, my 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 goal is to be seen in these new track suits, our new attire, and then next year everyone turn up in track suits because that's what I want to do. I want it. I want the whole field to be track suits, and I'll be like, yeah, that's with with that. <laughs> this is Scar and kicking <laughs> off the new scene. Being a basic stranger to you i think it's great to see to hear where you came from and to see where you are now that's beautiful that's i mean that again that's 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 not me i mean that's really you know that's that's you guys that's that, i mean look I, I i always said this i've said this all along i wouldn't be anything without the music fans without the people coming to see the concerts without people buying the records none of us would be the specials wouldn't be the specials the madness wouldn't be the madness there'd be none of that shit it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the people that came to the concert. So for that, I'm always grateful. I'm grateful to anybody that bought, bought Sky <laughs> Music and, and, and listens to whatever version and whatever genre and whatever wave, first wave, second wave, third, fourth, fucking eighth, tenth wave. I don't care. Any wave, every wave, thank you. Because that's what it's about. And it makes the music carry on. I mean, we're now carrying on now in 2021 and Scar is still coming there. It's still there. It's still there. It never goes away never fucking goes away it's always there and that's the great thing about it and i'm proof of it look at me silly old bastard like 53 still playing scar and reggae and loving it and having a good time i mean it's it's just crazy i would never have dreamt in a million years i'd be able to do this and uh that's because of the people that, that that come out to the shows and for that is again it's just a gift and so and i and i am i am in a good place now and i got past all my demons and you know what anyone out there that's feeling pissed off and despondent and suicidal and want to just fucking end it and drug and drink get hold of me and i'll tell you where you can go and you can get well because our places with people like that like like i was and uh, you don't have to feel that way that's mm -hmm. that's a real serious note you don't that's have so to feel awesome that's so awesome for you to say man yeah you know get get older mind I know, i'm on facebook you can always get hold of me and uh, you feel like you, you want to fucking lose it and you get pissed off with life and everything, reach out, reach out to somebody because that can save your fucking life. And then yeah. realize that it's not too bad. It's life's, life's pretty fucking good at the end of the day. Even when it's bad, it's good because we're still here. See, that's the thing. I want to encourage all the listeners to uh, to do a quick Google of you because I think I think your career <laughs> is is a really fun way to kind of like look through the this this kind of music like that you, you very rarely do get to to, to search for a, uh someone that's kind of like a hired gun or, or sometimes a background singer and so i i think it's i think it's really cool to i don't know you you have this career that i, I think is very envious in, in a way you know i'm lucky no i say i, I do i always say that I, I was really lucky i was kind of like 
you know, not many people have that chance to go and do yeah. all I've done. And, and in, in that genre as well, even from the 60s. I mean, you know, music from the 60s was just, you know, the Jamaican guys coming to London. They didn't have their they didn't have their own dance like that in Jamaica. And they made a dance in England. And that's really what it was. That's how it all started. And they did it in people's houses. And then, you know, the young skinheads and the rude boys were friends with the Jamaicans. They went and then they got into it. And that's how this whole subcooch subculture started you know and it was all good and people were just friends and that's what it was it was all about music and sharing and, and being being good with one another and that's you know and i grew up in that that's what i grew up in yeah. so i was lucky and then you know and then to be a part of it and play the music and play all this time i mean it's just been a fucking gift i i, I am so honored and i'm like grateful that i had a chance to do what i did and do what i'm doing now and just for the fun and shits and giggles. I mean, you know, I don't expect to do anything with it, anything that I do, but just people enjoy it and, uh, you know, and, 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 and get it for what it is. It's just having fun. And uh, that's really what this is all about. 